Welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast. Welcome to the Biased Football Podcast. This week, it's all about Rylands. Oh, sorry, sorry, that was last week's podcast. Um, it's the usual, it's about town, it's about Rylands, it's about the Cheshire League, and it's about the local stuff. We've also got local coaching legend Jimmy Bush on to talk about his time at Greenalls and his junior coaching career. This is the Warrington Football Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast. It's Jacko. This week I'm joined by PJ. How are you, PJ? I'm good. My legs are sore, but I'll come to that later on. Yeah, he's just he's, he's acting around a little bit. We've also got Rick Ward. How are you, Rick? Rylands, 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 Rylands. Good, mate. Good, mate. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Especially after yesterday's win for town. Ashley, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm still recovering from that intro, mate, to be honest with you. But... Uh... Yeah, all good, all good. And we've also got a very, very poorly Tim Tate. How are you, Tim? I'm all right, mate. I'm not poorly. Just uh, a bit of time consuming before the show, that's all. <laughs> Tim Tim may have had a bit of an incident in the bathroom. We'll leave that to the people's imagination, shall we, Tim? Yes, yes, we will. Yes, thanks for that, Jacko. Well, well much mate. for the imagination, though, Jacko. Give you that no, one. no. You want to see? You want to see the? It's a shame it's not a, a visual podcast. You want to see the colour he is? He's almost purple. He's actually <laughs> sort of that much effort. In. Oh. <laughs> right, we're going to talk about town. Clean shaven. He's come out with a beard. <laughs> yeah. Right, we're going, to, we're going to talk about town first up. Um, me and PJ with the game yesterday against Liversidge. Um, town made hard work it, PJ. Yeah, they did. Um, I think it was with the. Three weeks off. I don't think that helped. Uh, you could tell that he that they didn't weren't match fit or weren't match sharpness. Sorry, it looks a bit leggy. Um, but I think they first half the wind played a big factor in it in the first half, and then Liverpool took the lead with what you said would have been a dangerous free kick, and you were right because it just went. It looked like he went straight through, but Tom Anigan. Got a touch and it went in. So an own goal. So Town scored all four goals, really. Uh, yeah, the, the free kick. Town kept on giving away them silly free kicks. You know, when you're talking, talking 40 yards out, wind as it is, it's only ever going to swing into the back post. It's horrible to deal with as a goalkeeper. You can't come for it. A lot of, there was a lot of soft fouls, though, wasn't there? A lot of soft what? free kicks being given away. There was. I mean, Liversidge were, were, were um, theatrical, should we say. Yeah, well, that big, they had a big number nine who went down like me pushing Jamie over. You know, you know it was? He was, he, he, he was a bit like where Tim's been all afternoon, um, something house. You know yeah. I mean? so it's, it's a bit one of them ones, but yeah, he was, he was, um, he was a, he was a bit of a strange lad, wasn't he? And it was a bit of a strange game. Town then equalized with Boan Dixon penalty. It was the first time really Town had got the ball to Duffy and let Duffy run at their back four. Or back five, sorry. Um, and that was clearly a penalty. I think it was 
they tried to take the power in twice. Yeah. Um, well, you said, you said you didn't think it was a penalty. Yeah, well, that's off the air, PJ. You just threw me under the bus. I don't think well, it was. We can't be biased. <laughs> I, think, I think it was. No, I think no he bias there, guys. Think, no bias. No bias. I think he took, I think he took, think took, he took Duffy and then he took the, the first, ball. I think the first one was, but that wasn't the one the referee gave the foul for. He gave the foul for the second one, which I thought was a good tackle. Yeah. Um, and then second, then Liversidge had some absolutely glorious chances. Um, there was one where they were clean through and put it wide in the first half. The keeper then, Thompson made an absolute worldie of a save um, down low to his left. Yeah. And Liversidge at the bar. I think if Liversidge, were, if Liversidge get relegated this season, which he's looking like they possibly could do, it's games like that against Town where they'll be thinking that was a missed opportunity, that. Yeah. I was going to say, it's hitting the woodwork, worldy saves, it it costs you, doesn't it, in the season? Well, the world, worldy saves is Tom old, uh, Tony Thompson's great agility. Um, he also got an assist, didn't he? Yeah, we'll go uh, on because yeah. I'd have to be able to make an honest assessment here. So while we were watching the game, weren't we? And I put a tweet or a text on the uh, on the WhatsApp group, so there's only one team winning this, and it's not Town. Right, because at that point, town were all over the place. They were really as soon as he pressed sent. <laughs> yes, as soon as I pressed sent, the ball went wide to record sending Connor Woods. He took a touch, he put the first good cross of the game in, and substitute Josh Amos smashed into the top corner with his head. Yeah, I think Amos made a massive difference when he came on. He looked more hungry for the ball than a Buckley. Well, I think the game suited him a bit more because it was long balls into his chest where he could hold it up. Yeah, around him. I mean, Beezer's got a lot of criticism for his for his substitutions this year, but I think yesterday were bang on. Yeah, Amos was Buckley for whatever reason this week was just not on it. He was a bit lethargic. He kept on getting bullied off the ball. Yeah, well, I think um, that, I think the three weeks off hasn't helped. I was going to say in that first half, a lot of players were just looked out of just out of that sharpness. Yeah, and then as you said before. Tommy Thompson with an assist. Yeah, I like the way uh, he just hit it long. It bounced once, Buckley Ricketts knocked it past the keeper, and then it just went in. What I, what I loved about the whole thing was um, Tom was getting a load of it, load of stick from some lads behind the goal just before he kicked it over the top, literally. Yeah. Seconds, um, and he went over and shushed him. <laughs> yeah, well, he was, he was, he was, he was getting a lot of stick off. He was getting a lot of stick off their players when um, their number seven kicked. Uh, Jay in there yeah. in the head, and then yeah. I think that I think that's what the shush was at. I think it was aimed at him as well. I think it was number ten. Well, fair play to someone, fair play to the Liverpool fans after the game because he, he walked up to him, gave him a handshake, and wished yeah. him all the best. So, I mean, that's what I love about non-league football. You can have a bit of banter. Bit well, of that's what he said. Well, that's what he said when he came on, didn't he? He said he yeah. don't mind. He don't mind getting shouted at. It's when it's after if you still have a problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was a good win for Town, really three-one. Um, Good sign winning when you're not playing well. Still sitting outside the playoffs, but they have got a couple of games in hand. But the next three are all away and they're all really tough games. They've got um, Morpeth on Tuesday night or tonight when this podcast comes out. They've got Gainsborough on Saturday and then they've got Radcliffe on Tuesday after. I've, I've put on the group podcast, I think seven points would be fantastic out of them three games. What's your viewpoint, P? Yeah, I agree. I think ideally we like nine. But... I don't think I don't think you I don't think they will. Um, I think if they lose one, I think the playoffs may be a bit of a stretch. If I'm honest, 
Oh, that's a big call. Your call's yeah. getting worse and worse because you're hiding about to drop out of the playoffs. Well, it's just, it just, it, been awful, I'll, make, I'll make the call and Sal will prove me wrong. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think, yeah, uh, I think they need, I think, I don't, I think they can't drop points. I think they can't drop, they've got to get at least point, like a point and a win. They can't not lose. And then I think, because that'll ruin the momentum, I think, if they get a beat, if they get uh, beat in one of them three games. Yeah, I mean, Town's running. If you could pick seven worst teams to play in that running, you'd probably get hard fine to pick seven worst teams, really. Uh, Morpeth away on a Tuesday night, it's not easy. The only one I think is Ashton, but Ashton have picked up in recent weeks. So again, it's the, the, the last seven games have been a bit awful. Well, you say, Rick's waving his hand in the air, but they have won the last three. So they have picked up in recent weeks. So they're very, very Jekyll and Hyde, mate. They were, um, they were absolutely brilliant against Rylands. A couple of months ago, and then I think they lost five on a bounce after that. It it just depends what they're like on the day, Ashton. I think that's like a lot of teams in this league, though, isn't it? I think, you know, yeah, look I at think. the NPL as a whole. It's looking like four from six in the playoffs now. So it's Town, Hyde, Radcliffe, Gainsborough, Bamba. I mean, Bamba are the one that surprises me, but Rixers are a good side. But when we've seen them this year, they were awful. So it's a bit of a up through, it's up and down. And then Marine, I think anyone below Marine and down, Marine are probably just about on the edge of the playoffs. Anyone else, anyone else, I think now we're waiting for next season. I think the interesting thing is, Jacko, at the minute, all the results seem to be going town's way. So on Saturday, pretty much everyone, apart from Bamba, dropped points. And Sound could amazingly go second on shoot if they win tonight against Morpeth. They can go second, which is probably the highest they've been in weeks. But um, it it is a tight season. I mean, look at Hyde. Hyde have suddenly suddenly hit the, hit, hit the buffers at the wrong time of the season. Even South Shields aren't exactly flying at the moment. They're 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 up like, but they're sort of bumbling they're along, limping, limping towards the finishing line, aren't yeah, they? Not rather than sprinting. And it's 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 been a good season this year. And as we said on, on off offline, next season's gonna get even worse. This league's get harder and harder and harder. So time will want to get out of it. Um, oh, Jacko, did you know it was a uh, Mitch Duggan's hundred and fifty appearance? Sound. Yes, I yes. Didn't. only found out today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a great servant, great player for the club. We also had a good chat with it's probably the time to bring it up actually. We also had a good chat with Toby about the non league players' contracts. So, oh, Rick yeah, we did yeah. this week, hasn't it? I know Rick and Ash have got viewpoints on this as well, but my viewpoint is very similar to Toby's. Um, so Toby says it's going to be a real struggle for clubs at this level more than the National League, um, because clubs only play typically only play 38 weeks in this year, then having to pay holiday pay, which hasn't been mentioned by the players, the fact that they're going to get holiday pay anymore. So It's four weeks, isn't it? Four weeks holiday four weeks, pay. Four weeks holiday pay, apparently. So I don't, I, I get where the clubs are coming from. The FA, I get where the FA are coming from. I sort of agree with them. I know Rick doesn't as much, but I sort of do agree because it's just, it's just bringing them in line to every, with every other employer. I think I'd, it's, it's really, really difficult, Jacko, because... I do see it from both sides. So I've I've been at clubs. Um, so, for instance, when I was at Clitheroe, we got massively burnt by putting players on contracts. We, we put a lad on a contract and then he got injured and he was out for three months and you still had to pay him the full wage for that full three months. And it's, it's really difficult because it can really cripple clubs. But on the other side, I think the, the wording of the the um, statement that had come out from the FA, it was really, really harshly worded, I thought. I thought it could have been not necessarily 
kid gloves with it, but it could have been a lot softer worded. And I think, especially when you consider now you've got teams at step four, like Macclesfield, that are full-time footballers. And that, again, throws a spanner in the works when you're comparing a full-time team with a team that's paying in brown envelopes. And there's there's no comparison between the two. So to try and throw a blanket over non-league, every team in the non-league, not every team in non-league is the same. So there has to be leniencies and differences between the ways teams deal with this. And it should be down to the teams individually. Yeah, I, I agree with what you say there, Rick. It's it is a very tough thing to decide how you're gonna um do it. And either either side you can see an argument because a player signs a contract with a club. If he gets injured and they say we're just gonna cancel the contract, that player is then you know losing an income and he's not gonna sign with anyone until he's fit again. So it yeah. is gonna be difficult there, but from the team side, you know, it you you you're completely right. You know, if you have um, or two of your big contracted players injured and you're paying for them, you know, to replace them, you're gonna have to either try and get a free loan or a very cheap loan, or you're gonna have to get someone who's um you know not quite at the ability level for the league. And it's it, it could get a team relegated at the end of the day. So either side it's a really difficult one to um to pick. But uh I think it also opens the door, Ash, for obviously players can sign a contract but then can decide if another club shows interest in them. What's to stop a player at, at this level? I'm not saying faking an injury, but saying they're injured for a prolonged period of time. So what's the, I think it's three months and then the contract can be cancelled. What's then stop them a week after joining the team that they wanted to. So the team didn't have to pay a transfer fee for them. It's, it just opens a lot of grey areas for me, just throwing that that blanket over everything. Yeah, I think, though, no, at this level, you, you will get... Uh, if players are out of favour or not enjoying the football, you do see clubs come to an agreement to just cancel the contract because they're not happy at the club, the club's maybe not happy with them, and then they'll move on to a team that they want to play for. So I think that um, if that did happen, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a bit naive to the whole... Uh, contract situation in non-league but I think that if that were to happen then the club and the player would just part ways, shake hands and then they'd move to whichever club they want to rather than have to go down that route. Yeah, I mean it's, it's something about, it, I thought it was worth bringing up and it, it's definitely worth something to keep an eye on over the, over the season and how it impacts Town and Ryan because it will impact them at some point, there will be a player who gets injured and hope to God that it's no, not a serious injury but you know, an injury where they're going to be out for a while it's when it's going to be impacted. Um, Toby made a few good points and he was saying that you know, it's put clubs in almost an impossible position. Do they pay full-time and make themselves up? Do they make them put, pay for the full season and make themselves uncompetitive or do they sign this new contract to sort of make players basically redundant after three months? It's, it's, a, it's a tricky one for clubs. Clubs didn't ask for this. This was the FA who come up with this idea um, and tried to make themselves more aligned with, with employers so, or other employers. Um, but some positive news coming out of Ryan's this week, Rick. Um, new signs from the youth, from the youth team. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's really really fantastic positive news for the club this week that we've um, registered a further thirteen of the youth team players from the under 18s and the under twenty ones 
So they will now be eligible for the first team for the for the duration of the season. Um, there's already been, I think, three players registered throughout the season to play for the first team, possibly even four, because we had um, Regan Corrigan and Troy Hives both play in the Cheshire Senior Cup. And we've had Jack Smith and Nacho Barnes on the bench in recent weeks. But we've we've added a further 13, which is absolutely fantastic news for the club. And I think it's kind of testament to the hard work that Mark Pye, chairman, has, has put in over the last five years. And when we had him on a few weeks ago, he was saying that his vision for the club is to produce players for ourselves. And this this hasn't happened overnight. This has been five years, really hard work. And hopefully this will just be the beginning of that starting to bear fruit. Yeah, and in my eyes, the way this is all set up, you know, you look at, you know, just in recent memory, um, when Man City got taken over, one of the first things they did was redevelop the whole area into a massive uh, training complex for the youth. Um, you know, I was it ten years? You know, I, can't, I can't remember how long ago. It was maybe ten years when they when they came in. Um, Man City have produced a couple of players who can play at that level. Yeah, obviously right. Foden's the biggest well, one. Foden's the uh, the headline. Well, that just shows. Obviously, there are much higher levels, so it's much harder to develop a player to that caliber. But that just shows the amount of time that it takes. And, um, you know, the, these guys who, um, who, who have been given the opportunity here, some might not even play because the 13 plus the four already signed on. That's a lot of players to give game time to the six games left in the season. Uh, so, some might only make appearances in the last one or two games. Um, but they're in the training sessions. They're in with very experienced footballers across the football league and the MPL level, so they're going to learn a lot from that. And just having um, you know game day experiences, you know, being on the bench, warm, you know, proper warm ups with MPL players, coaches, and the experience that the likes of Cleggy and Hunty bring, you know, what they can add to these players' development as well. And when they get the chance to come on, they're going to be nervous because it's a big move for them, but they're going to be really up for it because they, they know there that there's a good opportunity for them. And it is a lot of people to sign on at one point. But um, you know, one thing to think is, I think the deadline to sign people on is the 31st of March, if I'm, uh, if I'm right. So you, if, you, if you do have plans that these could get into the first team, they've got to be signed on now. So that's why they've made the move to bring in so many, I think. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's something that's... Um, as a club, we've made a very, very conscious effort this season to to really push the youth setup. And um, Tim was at our last home game, which we were presenting all of the junior players of the month. And and Tim, what did you think about that? Because we, we spoke to it about it after the game. Yeah, well, I was in with Ash and some of the other guys in, in the clubhouse, and I said, it's a really lovely touch that they make such an emphasis of the young players and, and how they're achieving in, in the, you know, young football from, from the youngest stage. I think the youngest one was seven. 
to you know these 16 year olds it's, it's brilliant and they all lined up and they all got appreciation from not just the players and their current managers but a little crowd of people who were sporting at the club and and it's nice it was really nice to see yeah and even even this week um the under 10s team played in a in a semi-final yesterday which eventually they've won 1-0 but during the week um Sam Edgerton Dean Furman Cleggie and Hunty had sent them a, a good luck message so it's kind of just showing that that whole club mentality of, of bringing the youth through. So yeah. that's that's been this week at Ryland's Boys. So no game this week, but we're travelling away to uh, Mask on Tuesday night. So that'll be a really, really tough game. And then we've got Lancaster City at home on Saturday. So that's how Ryland's is looking at the minute. Cheers, boys. Well, that's the NPL roundup. Warrington Town and Warrington Ryland's roundup. And next up, we're going to talk about the Cheshire League. This is the Warrington Football Podcast. Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. We're now going to talk about the Cheshire League. And it was a big local derby this week between Greenalls and Dayton. Um, the game finished two all. PJ, have you got the uh, match report? He's not paying as per usual. I have attention. I've, I have. I've got it now. Go on then. Uh, this is from Pennell. I'll read it as best as I can. Uh, thought we played well once again. Feel a little bit hard done by uh, that we didn't see the game out uh, and didn't win. Get, didn't gain all three points. Dayton will feel the draw is a fair result. Uh, first half fairly, t- fairly tight. Uh, no real chances for either team. Start of the second half, we gave a needless penalty away. I hope that was Clarky. That would be funny. <laughs> uh, now I've lost where I'm up to. Uh, you go. <laughs> they took the lead out of nothing. We might get Clarky to read this out in future. Yeah, get Clarky to do it. <laughs> uh, then we scored an absolute rocket from Jacob Newton. Uh, from edge of the box uh, into the top corner with 10 minutes left. Sadly, we were we wasn't able to hold on. Got caught with a long ball over the top, which then crossed into the back post where the Dayton striker nodded it in. With a little bit more experience and know-how, we would have seen it out to win all three points. Plenty of positive to take going forward. However, it was pretty vital we got all three points, really. Uh, we just have to keep believing until it it's mathematically finished. We are definitely capable of grabbing points. Yeah, so that, that result for Greenalls yesterday, it really doesn't do dating or Greenalls any favours at all. Uh, Congleton Reserves also won, so it's starting to look a bit grim for the two Warrington sides um, who played, obviously played yesterday and it's, it's, it's frustrating. Greenalls, if Greenalls get relegated with a bit of silverware, is it a positive season? Trick you want to say it's a disappointing, disappointing for them. I was going to say, I think they want to stay in the, in the league, won't they? Um, I'd, I'd daily stay in the league and win a cup. I think that I reckon that'll be a good season because they, they, t- they started the season terribly, didn't they? They didn't have a manager at first because what yeah. Penner wasn't there at the start, was he? He, he was just, I think he'd been, he'd been installed just as the season was starting. I think it was 
It was tricky. Yeah, they had a holiday arranged as well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. But in terms of fixtures next week, um, Green Isles travel to Crew, Eagle host Middlewich, and Dayton face a trip down the road to face Lost Hot Galram. Um, while we've been talking about Green Isles a little bit, um, we'll introduce our guest for this week, which is Jimmy Bush, who's a former Green Isles manager and current Ryland's under 15 manager. Tonight by Jimmy Bush, um, former manager of Greenalls and currently a manager at the Juniors at Warrington Rylands. Bushy, how are you, mate? I'm well, mate. I'm well, thanks. We were talking yeah. the other night, weren't we? And it's one of those things when you're in football for a long time, you just know people. And I couldn't actually remember where I knew you from, but I've known you for about 10 years. I was like, Bushy, where, where did I meet you? You were managing at Greenalls when I first met you, weren't you? That's right. I think the first time that I ever met you really was, um, I don't. We had, we had a decent side at Greenalls. We won the league, uh, won that Cheshire League, which which was quite, in my opinion, uh, it was a strong league at the time. And um, and we had a few good lads. And I can't remember exactly who it was. I think it was Sean Reed. Um, I, we, we got uh, we got he got in contact with us. I think he, he, he liked the look of one or two lads or something, and we ended up coming in and playing you um, at Cantalivo when you were there, uh, and that was the first time that me and you come across each other and had a little chat after the game and stuff. And uh, so yeah, I think that was what it was. I think it finished three 0 to town on the night, but um, but yeah, from there I think. Yeah, would would Ben have been playing for you then, Ben Mark? Um, I think. <laughs> it's funny, sorry, it makes me laugh talking about Ben Matt because he's only about 27. And honestly, you'd swear forever. that he was about, you'd swear he was 45, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, so probably, <laughs> he probably was playing. Um, no, in Mark, all honesty, Mark no. Mark Hughes 100% was there, yeah. Yeah, captain at the time. and um, He must have I been there then. About- 15 years now, easy. Yeah, easy, mate. And I mean, I don't, you, you probably won't know this. Before that, he was at Rylands. Um, so he was with Rylands. And uh, I don't, if I remember right, I don't think he, he got in for uh, for a few games and he thought, sorry, I'm going over there. So he come over to, uh, he come over to Greenalls and never looked back, mate. What a player. Absolutely immense. Yeah. Probably, probably should, should have stepped up, really, Mark. Um, it say, might be a regret that he's got. He's always been one of those players that you look at him and and you just think he he could easily have played up to county's level. Yeah. I think possibly Easy. higher. Easy, yeah. I mean, I the, the you know the, the the longer I go on in football, and I know every everyone knows this. It's something that's dead obvious. It's it's about the way you conduct yourself, you know, outside of the game before before the game and the lead up to the game. And there's no one better than him, mate. And and you know, we, you know, he might have had some limitations in actual footballer, but his all the old way that he went about the game. There's no doubt about it. He could have played higher. He could have earned a decent bit of money. Yeah, absolutely. So, did you? Play before you started managing or straight into coaching? Yeah, yeah, I was with Greenalls. I was with Greenalls. So, um, so through through my youth, I was always uh, Beachfield, which is now Warrington Town. Um, towards the end of my youth, me, my youth before that was Rope and Anchor. I'm a Wollstone lad. So, um, and then after that, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, do you remember when Chris Coulson was running Tetley Walkers? Name rings a bell, yeah. Um, in, in, in the counties. Um, 
and we had a youth team and under 18 side. So, so I, I played for that. Um, and we, we had a good side. We played in some Northwest, Northwest youth competition. And um, we had a good side there. Um, and then I played, I think I played a season for the, the reserves with um, Tetley's before they folded. Um, and my brother, Dave, you remember our Dave? Yeah, yeah, um, I remember. Yeah, so D- Dave was playing in the first team. I think I was only 17 at the time. Um, and then we, my brother started playing at, at Greenalls and then I just sort of like gradually moved my way over there. Um, yeah, so I played at Greenalls for three or four years. And um, when I was 21, I think I was, I had a, a double fracture in me. Like you've heard this story a million times from a million people, but... Um, I had a double fracture in my leg, actually, believe it or not, in a pre-season friendly on Tetley Walkers. Um, and I felt like I was playing quite well at that time as well. And uh, I, if I'm dead honest, I never want, I was out for a year and when I come back, never quite did enough to get back back in and playing. Do you know what I mean? I never quite... I did play again, played in the reserves a bit at Greenalls and then um, sort of went playing Sundays more with, uh, with Monks's, which was a lot of the... The local lads from around near me, like say Wilson lad, um, and then I sort of fizzled out from playing altogether. By the time I was twenty-seven, and I went into coaching. Yeah. So how did um, the Greenalls job come about then? <laughs> well, I still had I still had the connections. Obviously, my brother was still there playing, um, and obviously I had the connections from being there. Like I say, I was playing for them when, when I broke my leg and carried on a little bit afterwards, um, and I actually went managing the Monks' Sunday team in the Warrington Prem at the time. And I had a couple of years doing that. And I'd love to tell you that, that, that I was brilliant at it. Um, I don't necessarily think I was, but I think the stats look quite good because I was of that age where I still knew loads of good players. So it was quite yeah. easy to get them in, do you know what I mean? So I got some good lads in, Robbie Anley and, and all them, who you'll, you know, you'll remember Robbie. Yeah, um, yeah. So I got all them, all them playing for us. Um, and I think at the time we got pipped to the league two years in a row by Holton Arms. Um, we were a good side at the time. Um, we definitely won one cup, might have been two. So I had a bit of relative success, really. Um, and then I got asked then by, I don't know if you remember Mark Brown from Greenalls, um, a little bit out of the blue, really. It was after one of the cup finals that we won um, for Monks's, and, and he asked me if I'd like to get involved at Greenalls. And, I mean, I was I was dead hungry for it at that time. I was loving it, and um, and I was I was sort of realizing at that point that I enjoyed coaching far more than I did playing. Really, which not a lot of people I don't think could say that, um, but but I did, and I still do now. Um, so I ended up going in with Steve Perrins. Do you remember Pez? Yes, I do. Pez is a great bloke, mate. Honestly, one of the, one of the best, and 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 I went in with him. Um, and he was he was the main man really, and but but you know I can be quite loud and obnoxious and that, so I sort of forced my way in in my own way, um, and 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 we sort of did it together, and, and I learned so much off him. Um, and in that first year with Greenalls, 2010-11, if I remember right, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, we won the league, we won the Cheshire League, and um, probably to this day, like probably the proudest thing since I've been coaching, because because no, no one else has done no one else has done that as far as in in Warrington as far as I can. Can remember actually won that league, um, and we won that that year. We we also um, we also won the Guardian Cup that year. Um, was that against Ireland? Yeah. That one. Uh, or was that think, a couple of years? No, after? I, no, I don't think it was. Um, that, I, I remember, remember going right. to Cantlever and seeing Greenalls beat Rylands 
in a yeah, if I remember right, yeah. mate, that that year, that year that we won that one was was on Rylands, not not on ta- not at Cantilever. Um and I think it was it was the old Mond team from Runcorn. I can't remember who they became. I think it might be Runcorn Albion. Right. I think it might be Runcorn Albion. But anyway, yeah. So 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 we won that and, and and it was good. And I stayed there for what three, four, four years or so after that. And Pez moved aside and and then Dave came to the first team, my brother, and we ran that and we won another Guardian Cup together. Another dead proud moment for me, really, you know, with my brother. That was the one on um on on yeah. Um yeah, and we and, and we won the won the Guardian Cup again. And at that point with Greenalls, we we were sort of like mid-table then. We we were we were finishing mid-table and we we had some right good battles in years with uh with Eagle and Rylands. It was good. Yeah, so yeah. obviously from your time at Greenalls, you actually took over as the interleague manager for a while, didn't you? That's right, yeah. Yeah. So how did that come about? Yeah, do, do, I, I don't if you know Rob Goodwin Dave, he runs the Cheshire League. No, I don't know him. Um, so so he, he he runs the whole Cheshire League, and I, I think he does a great job. Um and, and he runs that and he had a decent I had a decent um relationship with Rob. <laughs> and another lad who was quite pally with Steve Lloyd, he he he'd been running it before. Um and and I think between the two of them, Steve was stepping aside, and between the two of them, they asked me if I'd like the opportunity to sort of step in and do that. And I think I had a couple of years doing that. I forget the exact dates now, uh, but we won two cups doing that as well. I, I, I took over them, uh, sort of changed a little bit of the way that they were doing it um, in terms of picking the squads. I went a bit broader. Oh, sorry, I tried to go a little bit broader. Um, Try to go a little bit broader and watch a few more matches and bring a few more people in because you always in in them sort of setups, mate. You always get the criticism of oh, you're just picking people who you know, yeah. And you know, it, but but the hard fact is, mate, you're still picking people who you don't know them from Adam. You don't even know if they want to be involved. So you name a squad and it looks great, and then match day comes and you're getting them dropping out on the day and stuff. And naturally, you have to go to the people who you know. So, um, so I think I think. I, you leave yourself open for criticism there. And I did get a bit of criticism. I got a bit of criticism from that when we when we lost a couple of games. But early on in the first year, we were just beating everybody. Um, and we won the Northwest Cup, I think it was called. And we won. There was another cup that they have every year. Or they used to have every year. Just uh, Cheshire versus West Cheshire. That was blood and thunder, mate, that game, I tell you. And, you know, I can um, imagine. Is that from like yeah. games over in Chester way? Yeah, and I, like Asheville and Hellsby and all them, yeah. you know. So, yeah, so you're playing all them. And we won that two years in a row, that one. I can't remember what the cup was called. And then we 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 beat the Man- we beat Manchester FA over at um, Trafford in the, in the Northwest Cup final, which was brilliant, really, really good. And some of the lads in there, there's a couple of lads who are playing in, um, who've moved on to higher. You know, Jack Bannister, he's been about a bit. I know he's, Jack really, really well. Yeah, so... So we brought Jack in, and he was only a young kid, mate. What a player he was, honestly. He was absolute dynamite. And like um, so yeah, we brought, yeah, and we we had uh, Josh uh, Josh Brownell. God, I'd like Josh Brownell. No, Joel <laughs> Brownell, his brother. <laughs> um, we brought Joel in, and, and again, mate, magic players at that level, absolutely mustard. Um, so yeah, really good, mate. Re- really enjoyable time, and I had two years at that, and then uh, the the the. The final straw, really. We actually went really well all the way through. And in the National Cup that sort of spans across two years, then we got down to the quarterfinal stage. And what a day to throw. What a day to have, like, an off day. We we played the Isle of Man. And 
they impressed me on the day of the Isle of Man, but they beat us 9 1. Oh, wow. And it, I know, mate. And it was, <laughs> it was horrific. I'd love to paint some pretty picture of it wasn't really a 9 1 game, but if I, I think I remember on the day thinking we've got off light there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we were absolutely terrible, mate. Absolutely terrible. And, uh, and, and my love was, I was losing the love for that at the time because my son started playing and only, only young, five, six. Um, and you know, I've got a family and stuff and getting in the neck from the wife. I've got to, I've got to say, mate, I mean, the, the way Kate's the way Kate's allows me to do what I've done with football and how dedicated I've been to it over the, over the years and never get a penny out of it is, uh, yeah, it's baffling, mate. Honestly, it's, you know, she deserves a medal, but... Uh, but I was getting an ultimatum then, look, you know, you're not you're not staying involved at that level and and also running Isaac's team. So um so obviously chose my son over that and 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 went deep into that really and still there now. Yeah, so was Isaac always with Rylands or has he moved round teams? No. No, not he's not always moved round teams. We we've we actually started it with our local team at Wollstone Rovers. Um, like I say, I'm I'm Wollston born and bred and and so's my lad and uh, and he was at school in Wollstone. So I started this team when he was five years old. Yeah, the, the, the so-called academy where you just get him in, it's Saturday morning doing an hour here and now we're there. Um, some of them were really good and um, some of them were really good, really. And I absolutely fell in love with it from minute one. And, and, and it was a world away from the coaching that I was used to. And it took a little bit of getting my head around that, but but I felt like I could become quite effective at it and, and fell in love with it big time. Um, so we so we stayed at Wollstone from from the time he was five. Um, he's been on trial at a couple of clubs where he's had a little bit of time out from from us um, at Wollstone. But then, what when did we move? What are we now fifteens? So fifteens. So we finished with Wollstone last year under fourteens. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then come over to Islands. So, what's been kind of the biggest change for you going from coaching adults to coaching young children and developing them? <laughs> yeah, you have to be a bit more careful, like with the, you know the way you, <laughs> the way he speaks. Of, I, I think some parts of it, um, you know, you, you've got to let the you've got to let the, the the kid in yourself come out a little bit, and you know you've got to be happy, smiley, laughing with them, and everything like that. And 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 I mean, I've learned so much more from coaching the kids than I did with adults. Honestly, so much more, and. Uh, I can honestly say, mate, I, I mean, people might disagree. I'm a million times better at the coaching job now than I was eight years ago. And uh, it, it sounds corny, mate, but the power of positivity. Like, I, I see so many coaches, me, and a coach against them who they just look like the stifling creativity. You know, they want to create a robot who doesn't make mistakes. And and, and we, we went completely opposite to that. You know, make mistakes is the only way you learn. Be creative. And, and we're now coming out of that at 15s where... Where yeah, we still want them to be creative, but but you're trying to learn the right moments to do that. You know, you know, the, this, you can't be, yeah. you, you know, early on. You let them do it all the time to learn what they can and can't do, and then and then you try and teach them when when to do those things. And um, it's a much more of a process rather than a much more of a process that you have to embrace that process all the way through rather than having a having a specific method and sticking to it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think um, your boys are flying this season, aren't they? Yeah, they've been really good, mate. And 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 we and we started off, we started off as um, probably about ten or eleven of my uh, my Wollstone lads from last year, um, and the rest of them we had just like this little three week trial period before the season. It was probably about this time last year, 
Uh, made a lot of advertisements around the local area. Um, had this three weeks of trials, and I, w- I was blown away by the response from it, really. The, the quality that came in, mate, was mustard. Absolutely brilliant. And um, so, yeah, we settled on this squad of 18 players. Um, and first year in the JPL, um, it's been a really, really positive move going into the JPL from the Warrington League. Warrington League was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, but the level that, that our lads are at now, we've gone in and we found that the better teams in the JPL are a big step up. You, you still have the ones that are a bit of a drop off, but, you know, probably similar to what we're what we're getting in the Warrington League. Sometimes not as good as what we were getting in the Warrington League, if I'm on, if I'm dead honest. But um, but but look, far more positives than negatives. And I've got to say, mate, that the, the the step up that the lads have made through the season has been absolutely brilliant. I, I, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of them. Yeah, so how are you finding the relationships with Rylands as a football club with relation to your team? Uh, really good, mate. Dead positive from the off. I mean, what uh, one thing I sort of realised quite quick was that um, with with Mark and Tony, that if if you if you come into them with problems, you know, they're, they're busy men like the rest of us, and if you come into them with problems and expecting them to fix them problems for you, then then, you know, you're probably going to be struggling. But if you can come to them and say, look, I've got this problem, but I think this is the solution, can I go with it? Then, and that's basically what I've been trying to do. And and, and I've, I think I've been received quite well by them. And, you know, unless I've misread that situation completely. And, um, and, and, and they've been really helpful. I can't really, I can't really speak highly enough of them. Um, and, and I know that the work, there's been, been a few frustrations, you know, you were hoping that, um, we were hoping there was going to be a 3G on there, but when you actually see, you see a lot, you see a lot in the background from people moaning about the club. And once you're involved with the club, I mean, I saw the thing about last week going off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think it needs said last week about the, the lads getting promoted out of the youth team and how some people find a way to find a negative. Honestly, it baffles me. And, and, all, and, and all I think is you would find a negative. You'd you'd have a you'd have a problem for every solution, you know. If if they threw more money at it, they'd have a problem with that by bringing more people in it. They'd have a problem with whatever you do, and I, I think it's quite refreshing. And forget why and what for they're doing it. Even if you are right, give them a clap for doing it. There's some young lads who are going to get a good opportunity here, and yeah, I, I think I can't see how people pick a negative out. But anyway, what what I'm getting at is when you actually get involved and you see what's going on behind the scenes it's a lot healthier than people would paint a picture from behind the scenes. Yeah, it just, obviously for me, I just want to, obviously the bits I'm doing as part of my role at the club, I'm trying to push the youth side of it as much as possible because that if that's got to be the future of clubs at yeah. this level. Yeah, and how healthy to... is that, Rick? I mean, listen, you know, you'd... you'd I'm not, you know, they're not winning anything this year. Let's, you know, let's not beat around the bush. But, you know, if you if if you do go on and win something or go close and create a team to be proud of and to to be good to watch and stuff, you'd much rather that be out of lads that have come through your system than lads who you're getting in on loan or, you know, it's a necessity doing what they're doing at the moment because they they probably haven't had the lads coming through. But now they've recognised that we've got a few lads who could do we're looking at it so have a look at them and that's what they're doing but some people think that's negative it baffles me mate these people yeah it's it's one of those things people don't see the the hard work that's been done for the yeah. last five years to get to get the yeah, kids exactly. to this level that we can 
bring them up into the first team setup, and they yeah. just ignore that completely. Well, you know, at the same time, yes, ignore ignore might be the right word, but they also don't see the other side of it where, you know, we've got these JPL sides now. I mean, I, I'm talking about my side more than any others because I know them better. I've got some lads who, if they do the right things over the next two or three years, quite a, quite a chunk of them are thoroughly capable of playing at that first team level if they do the right things over the next couple of years. Well, the club have embraced that and they're giving us... The paying for us to go and play all games on 3G facilities, they're improving our, the quality of... They're paying more money out to go and let us train at better facilities. But you don't read that on Twitter. And they, they wouldn't want to read that on Twitter because you can't really find a, a nasty angle to that, can you? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't fit with that... Um, that rhetoric now. That rhetoric that the people, some people still are trying yeah. to put out. But I'm, exactly. I'm interested that you just brought up facilities because obviously we, we saw a couple of weeks ago that you put something out about how difficult it is to get facilities for young teams to train and play matches in Warrington. And it's, it's becoming a recurring theme that people are having to go out to Skelmersdale, go out to witness just to get training pitches for the kids. And we think it's a massive, massive problem in the town that really needs addressing. Well, without a doubt it is. And I mean, there's two problems for me. The biggest problem is the, the amount of facilities, which which I think is a difficult one to overcome straight away because there's more and more kids getting involved in football, both female and male football, and um, every, every single year. And, you know, and then you've got your walking football that's come about and all this. And, and there's more and more coming in all the time that are requiring these facilities. But then when you actually... When you actually get to the point where you can book one, some of the prices that you get quoted, it's frustrating at best. And, you know, it's just unrealistic. Um, now, I've got to say something, though. The, the initial price that I know what you're referring to there that I was moaning on Twitter and the initial price that I got off Livewire, which I won't go into, all I'll say was, it was eye-opening, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the price. Sorry, it was eye-watering. Now, <laughs> now... We've gone back to them, and, and sorry, they've come back to us, um, and we've actually booked it now because they've come back with 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 a, a really helpful price for under 18s to play all their season on there. So we've actually booked it, and, and they've been dead helpful. Um, so I think there was a little bit of cross wires there, and I might have gone a little bit deep too quick and started criticising people when it, when it may not have been necessary. So I'll apologise for that now, but. Um, but anyway, it, it got resolved and we've ended up booking it and, and 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 at a really healthy and helpful price for for kids, you know. And it just shows I, I stuck to it and stuck at it. Um, and once you get talking to the right person and get the right information off them, the, the, there are people out there working at those pe- at those firms that will help you. Yeah, I just think from from my perspective, the only real facilities apart from the Jubilee Hub are all facilities that are connected to high schools and as part of the the funding that the schools get to build these 3Gs they have to provide sessions for the local teams like yeah. in the vicinity so anyone that's not in that immediate catchment area as a team it's almost impossible to get a pitch yeah because they have the they have the have the partner clubs like at, at Wollstone Rovers um us and Birchwood were both partner clubs to Birchwood High School 3G, which is which is a brilliant setup. Um, I say us, Wollstone Rovers and um, and Birchwood Juniors. They were the two partner clubs, so so they have 
I would imagine first pick overall that, and then that'll be the same at several other different ones. Yeah, so um, I, I work at Lim, so obviously Lim Rovers. Yeah, first dibs exactly. On yeah, and the Piranhas have them as well, don't they? Piranhas have some some dibs on it as well, don't they? Yeah. yeah so but anyway, going back to your question before about 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 the, the the club and how helpful they've been, they've been really helpful. They've been really helpful as well lately since Christmas. Um, that that moving again, not just the moving players through the throughout the 18s and 21s. You know, my goalkeeper at the minute since Christmas, he's been training with the with the first team. You know, and he's yeah, 15 Matt, years Matt's old. Said he's really good. And he's been and and, and I've, I've you know he's been with me since he was five years old, Kieran. And you know, we and what what a little play! Hey, shout out to him actually. He's gone and done that goal he was with Chris Kane and won it today. So fair I play think. to him. Well done, yeah. Um, so so really good, mate. And you know, and he's got Liverpool sniffing around him apparently at the moment. Um, but but fifteen years old, and that you know the first team aren't doing that. The first team aren't doing that to try and save some money because he's not even allowed to play for him yet. He's training and, and it, that is really thinking about the future. That's not thinking about now. That's thinking about three, four years' time, you know. So, yeah, he's healthy. I've got um, my, lad and, my lad and four others have been training with the 21s quite regular. And again, 15-year-old kids, you know, it's all um, it, it, it's all thinking about the future rather than the now. Yeah, it's just kind of trying to create that conveyor belt, isn't it, of that constant yeah. progression through the, the age groups. And this this time of the season, last six weeks of the season, this is the perfect opportunity to lift those children up to the next course age. Of course it is. And do you know what, mate? The harsh reality is you may well find, and you probably will find with some of them, yeah, not quite up to it. But And then you, and then the criticism will come again. You know, you've left them out to dry there. Well, how would you ever know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? You've got to give the opportunity, haven't you? But yeah, exactly. Say, people, people will find a cloud on the sunniest day sometimes, won't they? Of course they will. It doesn't course matter will. what happens. Yeah. Right, mate, I'm going to bring it to a close there. It's been an absolute okay, pleasure mate. speaking to you, as always. Yeah, same. Same. Um, I'll see you very, very soon, mate. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'll probably see you the weekend. See you, mate. Take care. Okay. That was Jimmy Bush. Um, Warrington football legend or coaching legend. You look at some of the names he mentioned there, Rob Anley, Mark Hughes, Mark Hughes uh, Steve Perrins, there's some absolute belting legends of the of the local scene there for Greenhalls, particularly for Greenhalls. Um, obviously, he's been at Wilson Road, he's been at Rylands, inter-squad league. He's, he's been around a long time. So thanks for Jimmy for his time. Really appreciate that. I thought it was a really interesting interview. Um, we'll drop in now into the Cheshire League League 2. Um more to Upton two, uh, great draw for more of that who take the points off the runaway leaders. Um, next week there's another local derby in the Cheshire League, and it's Lim who are facing more up at Lim's ground. So that'll be a good game for those guys. Um, a reminder: we've got one more podcast before the final, but the final is on the sixth of April up at Trafford between Greenalls and I don't know who the who they're playing now. Still, man's gone blank. Anyone know where they're playing? No, because no one's checked that. That's pretty usual. I'll do it. I'll do it, lads. Don't worry. Is it Trafford? It's at Trafford. They're not playing Trafford, but it's at Trafford, and they are playing Lost Dot Galram. There you go. Thanks. There you go. Nice, nice to see you, Phil, lads.
Tip of my tongue, mate. Tip of my tongue. Yeah, nice one. So I think some of the Warrington football podcasts are planning to go along. So if you feel like giving us some abuse, we'll be there and visible as always. Tickly Ash. If you want to give Ash abuse, turn up. Um, <laughs> that's, the, that's the Cheshire League roundup. And next up, we're going to talk about the Warrington Saturday and Sunday leagues. Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. We're now into the Warrington Saturday League now. Um, we're going to talk about the Prem first, so it's going to be quite a quick run through the results because we're already running short on time. Um, Hale Bank nil, New Street 1. Daniel Lamb with his sixth goal of the season for New Street. Um, Holtenborough 3, The Village 6. Now, this is going to take me ages to read this out because they had six different goal scorers for The Village. Um, and some of these players we we all know because there's some top players in this list. Adam Bibby, Chris Bibby, Lewis Hunt, Alex Maudsley, Josh Nixon and Cameron Williams. Um, they are all top players. So, you know, no wonder they're doing well this season. Um, the Village go up to second, but just two points behind Sidak, um, and with two games in hand. So it's looking positive for the Village this year. It'll just be about whether they can get Shaw Street on long enough to, to finish the season off. Um, the big thing for them is that a lot of those players who you've just run through, I've been at the club for years as well. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember Cameron Williams. First time I came across him, he, he was playing for Dayton Falsley where at the time against us. Was that not him? Tim was waving his finger at me. Yeah, but I know what story's coming up. That's why I'm not waving my finger. All oh, right. Cause, yeah. cause he, he, um, Tim's, well, tell you a story. Tim's brother came to this game, right, to watch oh. Tim play. And um, to say that Tim got rinsed a little bit, and we all got rinsed that game because it was 8-1. Yeah, thanks. Don't, don't just particularly point me out. But yeah, <laughs> playing right back against Cameron Williams. Yeah, it was like watching. It was like watching um, Usain Bolt run against a, a shot put runner. <laughs> anyway, um, game of the day in the in the, in the Pro Division was Pay Points versus Sidak. It finished Pay Points two, Sidak three. Sidak go top of the league. Um, last minute winner from Callum Weston, who got his second goal. Of the day, um, Pilkington got the first. Um, pay points had Carl, Mike Carlin and Liam Lester for the goals for pay points. Pay points now dropped to fourth. The, 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 the top of that Prem division is getting really close now. From Wollstone upwards, there's probably only about four points between all of them. It's really, really good. Um, Sankey, Sankey three, Woodcroft four. That's two wins out of three for Croft now after having an awful season. They've only won three games all year. Um, Mike Gladden, Matt Johnson, I can't even remember my own man, Joel Severs, and a player that we all know really well, Connor Sharman with the goals. Um, great top player, player, Connor Sharman is top, top player. Um, hopefully, he, get, he gets a bit of fit. He's only played seven games all season, so hopefully, he gets a bit of uh, match practice and gets him up the league. Um, Wollstone 2, Runcorn 0. And like I said before, Wollstone now firmly in the, in the title race now. They weren't before, but Daniel Corker with two goals either side of half time. Um, so Wilson have got, have got a good chance of getting into that title challenge if they keep a good form up. Um, dropping down to Division 1 now. AFC Millbrow 4, New Street 1. Millbrow now only a point behind the league, league leaders Farmworth. Um, Blackbrook 3, Raynell Town 1. Bruce 4, Sankey Vale 1. Wilson Rovers 2, The Village 2. Into Division 2. Um, 
Croft, two. Salah reserves, four. Salah can march down to their league title, really. They've won 13 out of 13. Now, they're clearly too good for that league. So they're going to, they're going to, they're going to I would imagine, go up this year. Crossfields, four. Brookvale, eight. And Rain Elf, Town Res- Youth Development Reserves, three. Wilson Rovers, thirds, four. Into Division three now. Nearly finished the four round up, don't we, guys? Uh, Crossfields Reserves 3, Orford Reserves 3. Terrible result for Orford. That Crossfields Reserves are bottom of the league. Orford at top, looking for a bit of a title challenge. Um, and dropping points there is not good for them. Redgate 4, Holton Borough 1. Um, St. Mike's 3, Windle 1. That's the third division roundup. Um, the Depot semi Cup semi-final between Orford and Burtonwood finished. Burtonwood 2, Orford 1. So Burwood are in, the, are in the final. They will face either the Village Youth and Development or Radial Town Youth and Development. So great result for Burnwood that they've reformed again this season. And it's great to see them back in the you know back in the cup finals. And hopefully a strong Burnwood side will be good for the future the, for the for the Warrington League because they have got a great setup up there. We're now going to go into the Warrington Sunday League. And once again, the Sunday League haven't done us any favours at all. They haven't updated the fixture list. So we've got some scores. Um, big surprise of the week for me is FC Sankey got beat again. They lost to um, Lowly Brookvale United by five goals to four. Reading some of the messages from the Sankey players, they were not happy with how they played. They, 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 one of them was the word crap, and that was all it said. <laughs> so I think that sums it up perfectly. Um, the King's Head won by 10 goals to one. I think PJ's got a bit of a match report. Yeah, uh, got a match report from our, our guest of the week. Uh, Josh Fulkit Rudge. Uh, he has put one ten one. Nothing much to say really. He dominated the game from the first minute uh, to the 89th. Uh, last couple of minutes, we gave a silly penalty away, which he saved. Which is fair play to Rudge because he played in net for him. He didn't play in net for him when we played him. Uh, so he saved that, and then he scored from the rebound. Um, he has given me the goals. Uh, someone's got a hat trick. In Immanuel, no idea you pronounce that name. Uh, Jack Reese got two. Glenn scored again. Lewis, Nathan, and Kirky. King's Head on all those players are. I know Glenn because he, he sort of he gave you nightmares last week or the week before. Sorry. So you, you played again today as well for Wolfpack. I did. We played top of the league. Who they played last week? Uh, last week they got beat ten nil. Uh, this week, it was only 4-0. Oh, right. I'm going to say it, the scoreline flattered them because it was 1-0 up to like the 80th minute and then one ball deflected off me and went past the keeper. <laughs> you scored an own goal. He's no, back. PJ's back. back. He just, <laughs> just hit me and the keeper got an, uh, keeper got an answer to it. Uh, even there, lads were saying we wanted it more today. Um, but I've got a story about Gra- uh, all. They turned up at Orford and the, the gaffer has been on holiday and he had the kit. So all had no kit. So they had to borrow bibs off, uh, I think it might have been the King's Head to play. <laughs> they all turned up in orange bibs. I was like, this is what Sunday League's all about. It's just non-league at its best, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, 
Joe Hitchmo refed you today, didn't he, Pete? Yeah, it, I, I'd say he gets a lot of stick, but he, he, I thought he was all right today. Well, he's, did... he, he gave me his own view of the match report today. Oh, go on then. And he said, really, I refed a really good game between Wolfpack and Grappinall today. Although Grappinall controlled the game and the tempo, Wolfpack worked really, really hard and kept them quiet for the majority of the game, keeping it down to 1-0 for most of the game. Um, he doesn't know the guy's name, but he had a really, really experienced player on the team who sort of like controlled your team and sort of guided you. don't know who that was. It could be Ant. Aren't that? Yeah. And um Paul Jacks, who was just lamping the ball all the way through the game. Not <laughs> 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 uh, played out from the back then, PJ, no. I did. I played the ball. I did I did uh, slice it a couple of times out of playing. But... <laughs> I've never been a I've never been a ball playing centre back. I'm gonna send you this. So that's you know it for you're the not a ball playing centre back, P. We've yeah. all played. Everyone, everyone knows I'm not ball playing centre back. <laughs> and on that, on that bombshell, we're now going to go on to the talk about the Warren, uh, the Cheshire Vets team. Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. We're now onto the last, well, last two little bits. We're now going to talk about the vets and then the women's team. So, Tim, take it away. Hey, guys, can you believe it? I've got more than three scores this week. Oh, my God. Hey. Hey. <laughs> you, have, you have to do it when we had no time to fill as well, when we've got far too much to talk about. This is the week you've decided to have, like, you know. So, in the Prem of the Vets League, Eagle, who Bruce facing in a couple of weeks in the County Cup semi-final, um, in, invited Richmond into Thornton Road. Uh, Eagle came out 2-1 winners. So that puts them in good bearings for going to win the uh, Premiership Vets League this year. Dayton travelled to Edgerton. Um, and I'm on the back of uh, a 5-0 defeat. So um, I can wind Rob Stewart up about that when I see him next. Um, Parkland's... Invited more United over. So we're going to have a very, very unhappy Lieber. And I wonder why I didn't get a text off him today to tell me the score. But they lost 3-0 to Parklands. Parklands are a good team, to be fair. We played them last year. Good good side. Um, Stockton Heath at Warrington Sports Club played Bowden. Uh, Stockton Heath came out 6-2 winners. Cheshire Cheese travelled to Manchester to play Old Mancunians. Uh, Cheshire Cheese won 4-1. Um, Bruce played at Wollstone Park, um, playing against Orange Athletic from Frodgham. And Bruce came out 4-2 winners, so Bruce is still undefeated this season. So, pretty pretty good season for the Bruce guys. Sounds like it. For, thank you very much, Tim, for the vets. Now I'll go over to Rick for the women's update. Yeah, um, Warrington Wolves women travelled over to Runcorn Linnets this afternoon and unfortunately they lost 4-2. Um, Sam Hassel had opened the scoring um, for the girls and Linnets equalised right on half-time. Runcorn went 2-1 up early in the second half before Kerry Baker equalised. Um, 
Mike Dawes said that they played some of the best football of the season, but unfortunately they got two sin bins, which saw them drop down to nine players and that allowed Ron Corn to score two goals. So again, it's it's a, a bit of frustration for Mike, who wasn't actually at the game today. He's, he's got a bit of COVID at the minute, so sending our best wishes over to him and hopefully the girls can finish the season strongly. Is it is a bit of COVID a bit different to like full COVID, Rick? Is it? Yeah, no? yeah, it's just a just a tickling tickling COVID. Does it only affect like one nostril or something? Yeah, just the left side, Tim. It's a bit disappointing for the women this year. They've sort of faded away towards the end of the year. Um, they obviously had the cup run at the start of the year, which was you know, historic first round of the FA Cup. But the sort of last few, yeah, it's kind of petered a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, sort of fizzled out this year. Game, I, I think it's kind of partly down to the way the league's set up, to be honest. Because <clears throat> with what, um, you know, when Mike Dog came on and when Helen came on as well, Helen Dobson, you know, only one team goes up. There's no playoff or anything. It's literally just the team that wins goes up. And is it is it Berry who's top of that league? And um, they're flying, absolutely flying. Um, so it almost gives you know, nothing to play for, for for a lot of the teams in there. So... I think as that did start, as it started to become, you know, we're too far back now. Maybe that's um, that has a as a part to play in that. But yeah, it's, I think it's um, difficult. Like like you say, Ash. Once once one team's really pulled away, that's when teams will start fielding um, some of maybe the reserve players and getting them into first team football. And I, said, build, I think even and, if it's a small league, you, you, the the league needs to give um, you know. More teams a chance to 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 get in because even if it was just that um, there was uh, you know two playoff spots, John, it was just like they play a final to get the second promotion or something like that. Having two teams go up and down in a 10-12 league, a ten twelve team league, isn't ridiculous to to suggest in my eyes. Yeah, it just it just gives teams something to play for, right till yeah, the very definitely. end, doesn't it? The only, the only issue I've got with that is, and this is not a criticism of the, but I'm, I'm defending the league here, which I don't normally do, but there's two divisions. So there's, you know, there's the North and the South, Northwest Counties League. So it means if you have two up from this league, it means four going down from the league above. So if you only got 12 in that league, it means, it means a third of the league's getting relegated. So I do understand where the, where the league's at. Or I even have it as three, three go up, and then the seconds or seconds or second and third in each. Have a so playoff, can, and then there's like a playoff final north, east, south. So, just, like so, you, so you've just got you've just relegating quarter of the league instead of the third. It's still it's still too many teams to get relegated for me. It's it's one of them ones. It is a tricky one. Um, we are going to move on to some good news stories. So Ash, over to you. Yeah. So first of all, just want to uh, update everyone um, on you know what's happened with a few things we've mentioned over the past couple of weeks. I know a lot of people are concerned with um, Alan Dunbar, the referee who um, suffered a heart attack in the um, in the Warren Women's game a few weeks ago. Um, he has been in contact with us and uh, it's good to see that he's, he's back home, he's recovering and he's um, he's been absolutely uh, overwhelmed by the support and the well wishes of everyone. Uh, there was a, there was a uh, just giving page set up for him you know, the target was to raise £500 for him, more than doubled that, which is an absolutely incredible um, thing. And a lot of clubs and a lot of players, coaches in the area have um, have uh, put money into that. So that's a that's a brilliant thing. Um, 
And um, I'm also touching on the story about David Brooks, obviously the Warrington lad playing for Bournemouth. He's, he's now uh, played a game. You know, he's, he's actually been getting on the pitch again. So that's a, that's a good um, good thing to also um, mention from what we've discussed in previous weeks. But this week, the, um, the big news, which I think is an amazing achievement, um, great Sankey's Year 7 team. They've... Um, managed to get from 636 teams in a national competition, go through eight games, scoring 45 goals, and they're now in the semi-finals of that cup. So to get down from 636, scoring 45 goals in eight games, absolutely incredible achievement. And those guys are going to have the full support of everyone who wants when they play that semi-final. So when that game's played, um, good luck to the lads. I think is it on Monday 1 p.m. I think it is. Uh, yeah, 1 so, p.m. on Monday at Sankey. Yeah, so very um, best of luck. Um, is it Monday um, this? They're week? managed by um, Andy McCann, who we've had as a guest on here as well. Yeah, Andy McCann, very good friend of the show. Um, is it is it Monday this week, Rick? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously today's Sunday, so tomorrow yeah. it is. Yeah. So uh, when this airs, that game will have been played, but hopefully. You all, all absolutely uh, smashed it. Um, amazing achievement to get to the semi-final. And hopefully next time we're on, we're talking about you reaching the final. So well done, everyone. Nice, Rash. I mean, I'd just like to say, Alan Dunbar's a top bloke. Great referee. Uh, really nice fellow. Me and him have spent many, many games stood on the side of a football pitch, getting a game called off, having a laugh, bit of laugh and a joke with each other. So, yeah, great lad. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get him on as soon as he's up to it, boys. Definitely, definitely. And on that note, I want to wish everyone a very happy day. Um, next week, we've got somebody on. I can't remember who it is. Who is it next week? Dayton. No, it's not Dayton. Dayton it's Dayton next week. Yeah, Dayton on next week. Um, big thank you to PJ, to Tim, to Ash and to Rick. This is the Warrington Football Podcast. And once again, we've shown that we're more than just a rugby town. Goodbye. Bye.